0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman.
1: Well, well, well. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's back. And Adam, after the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. Lindsay, welcome back. It's good to have you back. You had a big weekend, no doubt, doing what college co-eds do, right? Have fun.
2: Yeah, I went out Friday and Saturday, and then yesterday, watched the Steelers get brutally beat. In my opinion, I think it was a very hard watch.
1: Well, for those who don't know, uh, Lindsay is a Steelers fan, even though she's from Columbus, Ohio. Yes. That's right. You a Buckeyes fan?
2: No, I'm a Penn State fan.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) How did she get this internship? You're one of the bosses around here. How'd she get the internship? How did that happen? We, we after, A Penn State fan and a Steelers fan.
3: After we hired you, Tom, we said no more Ohio State fans. So yeah, that was,
1: that was the end of that. So anyone to just... Well, there's going to be just... plenty of them jumping on the bandwagon <laughs> next year, Danny. You can mark that down. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman with Casey, Lindsay, Zebra, Read Mouse, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. You can join us on YouTube. That's the Chatterbox Sports page. Or we broadcast live as well on X. A lot of good stuff being sent out recently by our guy.
2: Whose guy? Elon. Elon, what's he He's had a lot
1: of good posts lately. I bet. That's at Cbox Sports. Or if you choose to join us in podcast form, just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, in college basketball, they call it the Elite Eight. That sounds a lot cooler than the division round of the NFL postseason, right? Either way, that's where we stand after the conclusion of the Super Wild Card weekend yesterday and last night. In the afternoon in snowy Buffalo, it looked like a blowout for the Bills early on, but then the Steelers got within seven. And and be honest now, I was, were you, waiting for that, that Josh Allen turnover? You were just waiting for it to happen. One mistake that he will make from time to time. More than time to time. Well, yesterday, it never happened. He was unbelievable. Allen threw for three touchdowns, ran for another. Buffalo knocks out Pittsburgh 31-17. Allen, in fact, becomes the first quarterback ever in postseason play to throw for three touchdowns while running for 70 or more yards and a touchdown. In a single playoff game. The Bills get the Chiefs next weekend at home. That will mark the first time ever that your guy, Patty, Patty Cake Mahomes, he has to go on the road and make a postseason start. Think about that. All the times he's been in the playoffs. The only time he's either played at home or he's played in the Super Bowl. That's it. Weather conditions were perfect in Tampa, unlike Buffalo. And how about Baker Mayfields? Somebody around here was talking him up even a year ago when he played for three teams. That How'd he look good. last night? Uh, he looked pretty good. Pretty looked, good. Yeah. He was pretty, pretty good, Tom.
4: good, Tom. I mean come on, Tom, that team in Philadelphia was ready to just call it quits already. Well, you, you I say mean they, whatever they were, you they want. were it done. It was they a were 32
1: to9 route. Mayfield goes for 337 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. If Mike Evans and some of the other receivers decided they wanted to catch the ball every now and again, he might have thrown for 500 yards. They're dropping balls all over the field, the Tampa Bay receivers last night. Mayfield, just FYI, Casey, now has more playoff wins than Lamar, Justin Herbert, and Tua combined. Combined. And he's done it with two different franchises. Yet you give him zero credit. None. You and you win none. I'd like to see some more.
4: I'd like Tom. to see some more. Tom.
1: See some more?
4: <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, locked. come on. He's only one two, he... Tom. He's oh. only one two. And you want to know what that other playoff game was? It was against her Steelers that were already on the verge of collapse with Ben Roethlisberger's arm being completely worn out.
3: Two things about Baker Mayfield. One. I'm actually happy for Baker Mayfield because the dude is kind of a – dude is a nut cutter. He's a nut cutter. There's no cutter. doubt about it. This weekend put a smile on my face because it could not have gone any worse for the Cleveland Browns. They may they – I said this yesterday. They had the best season in the past three decades. They won 11 games, The most the most wins that they've had since they restarted the franchise. They lost to a team by 30 – that owns all of their play, all of their draft picks, and, oh, yeah, the guy you traded, the guy you got rid of because you didn't want any more, won a playoff game against the defending NFC champions and won by 25 points. I mean, what a beautiful day it is to be a <laughs> Cleveland Browns fan.
4: Let, let me be very clear because I see the chat going nuts and, and saying that I, I won't give him credit. That's not what I said. I just wanted to see some more. I thought he played great last night, but it was against a team that was on the verge of collapse – And the other playoff game was also on the verge of collapse, and he took care of business like he should have. If we're going to give him credit, he should have won these two games. Am I right in saying that? Over the last seven years, the Cincinnati
3: Bengals, we're talking about the the Browns, Steelers, Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals have as many playoff wins over the past seven years as the other three teams in the division have combined.
1: Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But the last time I checked, Baltimore and Pittsburgh – have won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls. Not over the last seven years. Well, maybe not the last seven years, but that could change this year. Could. Could. By the way, Philadelphia, I mean, you talk about a collapse down the stretch. They won one game since November. And then after the game, legendary Pro Bowl center and former Cincinnati Bearcats star, Jason Kelsey, told his teammates he's retiring. After 193 starts in the NFL, seven times a pro bowler, six times a captain, a Super Bowl champion, not to mention millions and millions of dollars raised through the years for Philadelphia charities. All right. Casey, do we have a graphic of the way we're stacking them up at all? Or did I fail to remind you of that? I did, didn't I? I'll just tell you about it. Don't worry about it. We'll just tell you about it. We'll start on Saturday with the playoff games. 4:30, 4.30, you have the fighting C.J. Strouds traveling to top-seeded Baltimore. That game's on ESPN. Saturday night, 8.15 on Fox. The NFC's top-seed 49ers will host the upstart Green Bay Packers. Then Sunday, the Buccaneers travel to Ford Field, a three o'clock kick against the fighting Chris Spielmans. That game is on NBC. And then on Sunday night, the heavyweight bout. The defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs battled the Bills in Buffalo, kickoff at 6.30 on CBS. Late last night, during the playoff game, the Atlanta Falcons announced that they had interviewed Bill Belichick for their head coaching job yesterday. It's the first known interview for Belichick since parting ways with New England last week. One of Belichick's six Super Bowl titles came against the Falcons. That was a game you may remember. New England trailed 28-3 to at halftime, won in overtime, 34-28. to That's forever known as the Kyle Shanahan Bowl. The Shanahan Bowl? Nobody remember that, what that means? The Kyle Shanahan Bowl?
3: Nope. No. Was, he, was he the OC of the, of the Falcons? He there? was the
1: OC of the Falcons and decided it would be a good idea when they were up 28-3 to, to just throw the ball all over the field. Right. If and stop the clock, stop the clock, stop the clock, stop the clock. Gave Brady and the boys a chance to come back and win it. Forever known in Atlanta as the Kyle Shanahan Bowl. Not a very good coach. Jim Harbaugh interviewed yesterday in L.A. with the Chargers. What's next for him? We do not know, but there will be something. College basketball its a big night in the Queen City. The rugged Big 12 schedules continues for the UC Bearcats tonight as number 19 TCU comes to 5th, 3rd Arena. The Cats are coming off back-to-back close losses, which is okay by Elliott, to Texas and Baylor. It's a four-straight game against a top 25 team for UC. Now, the Horn Frogs, they got jobbed at Kansas. I mean, one of the worst calls you have ever seen in your life to lose by one at KU. But then they bounce back. They beat number nine, Oklahoma, and shocked number two, Houston, at home over the weekend. Tip off 7 o'clock on the juggernaut that is ESPN+. <laughs> How in the world is Cincinnati?
2: It's the Big 12, Tom.
1: I mean, yeah, seriously.
2: Yeah, it's the conference.
1: Uh, Xavier looks for its second straight win as Butler visits the Cintas Center tonight. You going to that one?
2: I
3: am. I'm going with my uh, my Dana God. Garden. I'm going with my godson, my godson and my dad. Dana Garden. We're, yeah, we're probably, probably it's part of the thing. I don't. I'm not enjoying that walk from Dana Garden's to Sentosa. You we're,
1: don't walk from there. Sure, it's like oh, two blocks. Man. That's it's long. It's it's the longest two blocks known to Today man. Today it's going to be
3: very long. Yeah, but it's
1: yeah, yeah normally not bad, but tonight brutal. Tom, you're telling they're saying me tonight's going to be the t- coldest t- night all week.
3: Timeout. You're, you're telling me I should drive?
1: I dude. That you better. Well, if you're dressed right, you're okay. It's, I mean, I like get out and walk mile. the dogs in this nonsense. If you're dressed right, it's okay. But if you're not brother. God, oh. gave, God gave me two legs to, to walk. I'm, I'm, I got you. I got you. Amen. That is a 630 tip on FS1. Number 21, Dayton plays at eight o'clock at UD arena against St. Louis. Number two, Purdue Locks up with longtime rival Indiana in Bloomington. And that one, you want to check it out? You just paid your money for Peacock.
2: That's terrible.
1: Indiana Purdue on Peacock tonight.
2: Purdue, but yeah. Yeah, Purdue. I, that's that's Purdue. terrible. That's the second straight game. Is so the the Big Ten their deals with Peacock? There? Yeah, they have yeah, a they have they, have a, NBC, they had a bunch right?
1: of uh, football games behind that paywall during the regular season. Saturday night.
2: The NBC
3: then, Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so you are Tom. You are dead on. How does the best college basketball conference in the land have games on ESPN Plus? How does how does that happen?
1: Don't ask me. That's above my pay scale. Although, uh, I'm trying to see what what is, I meant to look, and I got it right here in front of me. I want to see what is on regular ESPN tonight. Okay, ESPN2, you got Florida and Tennessee, but that's at 5 o'clock. But once you get, you have Syracuse and Pitt. Brutal. I mean, are you kidding me? Brutal. Boy, how Syracuse, that program. Huh. <sighs> Uh, what else they got tonight on the ESPN? You have Kansas at Oklahoma state. Now that's at nine o'clock, but the seven o'clock game on ESPN, you have Syracuse and Pitt. Mm. Even yeah, Ohio excellent. university in Miami are on ESPN plus same as you well, see. <laughs> what does that on. tell you? I, come on. I, I, if is, you think I'm kidding you? I know Miami is not. at I know home. The bowling green at Millet hall. where there'll be about 14 people there. <laughs> And then you have Ohio University at the Convocation Center in A-Town against Central Michigan. There'll be a good crowd for that one. Both on ESPN Plus. Just like your UC Bearcats. Listen, my hey, UC Bearcats.
2: It's, it's, not, it's not our fault that the Big 12 The Big Twelve made a deal with ESPN Plus. All the games are there. It's not my fault.
0: I, 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 I will
2: say it is very nice if you're a Xavier fan to have every game televised nationally. That would be nice. I would like That's that. what I, I errantly said when you guys joined the Big 12. I was like, at least all of your games are going to be <laughs> on, on
3: TV. Yeah. Instead, it's it's on ESPN+. Plus. All of them. God love them.
1: All right, we got Brian Billick coming up at 1030, former Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, to talk about uh, the Ravens coming in and the pressure. Clearly all the pressure on the Ravens for this weekend against Houston and the fight in C.J. Strouds. There's no doubt about that. So we'll hear from him. Talk about some other things. Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh. I want to start with the games yesterday. If Buffalo's Josh Allen plays like he did yesterday, they might beat everybody. If he doesn't turn the ball over, man, when that cat shows up, three touchdown passes... Has the 50-something yard run where he just blows right by everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not telling anybody anything you don't know. But if he takes care of the ball, that is a really good team.
3: Tom, I don't know if you saw this stat for for Josh Allen. But in his playoff career, and, I, and I've been fighting... The good fight on the Buffalo Bills. Everyone calls them frauds. I remember yesterday someone was telling me the Buffalo Bills are bigger frauds than the Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins. Oh and my I said God. I said, How? Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills have won more games, have won the second most games and the second most playoff games over the past four years. So I don't know how exactly you call them frauds, but they threw up this stat. Josh Allen in his career in the postseason is averaging over two hundred and fifty yards passing and fifty yards rushing a game. He's the first quarterback to ever do that, and I and I invite you guys to pull up his game log in the postseason. 2,500 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Doesn't turn the ball over. That's his. That that's been his his mo through the regular season. Guy turns the ball over a whole lot. Well, he doesn't do it in the postseason. The only problem is is Josh Allen. Like in the post, they've they ran into the same wagon a couple of times, and that's the team they play this weekend in the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, man. You got some PTSD coming up. At least you're, you're at home this time at High Park Stadium. You got to make Patrick Mahomes come to you. But man, they've played some barn burners, the, the Chiefs and the Bills have in the postseason over the past few years. They have.
2: It, it'll be a good game. I, I, I saw this stat too. I know Mahomes has never played on the road in the playoffs. Do you know how many playoff wins Troy, Troy Aikman has? It's 11. You know how many, how many Patrick Mahomes has? He hasn't played one. It's, it's 12. Patrick I'm talking about just regular, regular playoffs. Oh, wins. playoff ones, yeah. Just regular. Patrick Mahomes has 12 playoff wins. Yeah. If he wins another, he ties Brett Favre, Stahlback, Roethlisberger. If he wins two, he ties Bradshaw, Elway, Young, Manning. That's how good this cat is. So I'm not going to put too much stock in Mahomes on the road. Saying, But going back to what Tom just said, uh, I do think the Buffalo Bills will win it all now. I, I do believe that. After you really I do? Yeah, you really? do. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think it's going to come out of the NFC. I just, again, this is when I, when I close my eyes at night, I can't see Brock Purdy hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy, and I certainly don't believe in anybody else in that conference. I think the AFC has the best chance with the Ravens and the Bills. And that's not even including the Chiefs, who I do think the Chiefs could potentially get there as well. It'll be a shootout, though, that, that Chiefs-Bills game for sure.
1: One thing about the playoff wins, it should be noted, it's the same with baseball, um, they is play uh, they play more games. In the postseason. Than they did when the Bradshaws and the Elways and the Aikmans and all those guys. and uh, But it's a testament to what Kansas City has been able to do. Uh, and, and and look. There may be one. Probably two more Super Bowls away. Winning. One for sure. Or, or one maybe two for sure. Of being every bit the dynasty. That. Maybe not with New England. No one will ever do that. But. What. Aikman's Cowboys did. They won three. Bradshaw's Steelers, right? Elway won a couple, but Mahomes has already won a couple. Mm-hmm. He's already played in three. You know, I was thinking about that driving in today about, about that game. And again, that's Sunday night. As impressive as Buffalo has been, there's just something that happens to Mahomes once he gets in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know how anybody in their right mind, and I'm not a gambler. I have every other sin known to man except for that one. I don't know how anybody in their right mind would bet their hard-earned money against Patrick Mahomes.
3: You heard, I, was I talking, don't care where
1: they play and who they play.
3: I, uh, I, put, I was talking to these guys about the spreads because there are some wild spreads for the games this weekend. Tom, you're not a gambler, but and I don't know if you heard me talking about it earlier, but you want to take a guess on what the spread is in, in Buffalo, Kansas dry, or playing in Buffalo? Want to take a
1: um guess I'd say uh Buffalo by one.
3: Buffalo is favored by about a field goal. Two and a half.
1: Okay. So that's the home spread. Right, right. Okay.
3: So I I actually thought that it was going to be better, bigger. I thought that Buffalo was going to be favored by like four and a half. So I, I out of all the games this week, I don't know what the heck's gonna happen here. Okay, and it, should be a, it should be fantastic. And as football fans, we deserve Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes every single year because yep. they are two of the most exciting quarterbacks that we've seen in our lifetime, truly are. I mean, you saw it with Josh Allen last night. You've seen it with Patrick Mahomes for the majority of his career. It, it, it's going to be fantastic, but I'm with you, Tom. And that's been, that's been my take on, on Kansas City all season long. Is yeah,
1: Yes, it has been. You, you said you, that all year long.
3: Your eyes tell you that this team is much different than they used to be. And that's true. I still don't understand why they don't get more credit for their defense. But at the end of the day, this is a team that's won two Super Bowls. This is a team that's done nothing but playing the AFC Championship. Yep. This is the best quarterback in the league. This is the best coach in the league. And you're going to bet against them? Now, I don't think anybody in football is playing better than the Buffalo Bills over the last month. I actually pulled up a, a clip. I, I think I tweeted it out, Tom, of uh, when the Bills were 7-6. and six. I put them in our in our weekly power rankings 7 and 6. And uh you and Elliot both called me crazy. You said I cannot believe it. Well, we wouldn't book.
1: have been the only ones. Right. They had a 21% chance of making the playoffs. They were 6 and 6 at one point.
3: And they, they, they roared back, didn't they? they took... And who
1: they roared back against? Good teams. Good teams. Yeah, really good.
3: Good, g- good teams. It, you could honestly the the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Bills in overtime to go to 10-1. and 1, And that flipped both teams on their head. Because since then, the Philadelphia Eagles were terrible. Won one of their final games of the year, gave up like 35 points a game. And the Buffalo Bills look like the best team in football since then. So I don't know what happened back there in that, that Week 11 game, Week 12 game. But, man, I am I really am excited for this Patrick Mahomes-Josh Allen game because I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, I feel bad for Bills fans. that If they lose to the Chiefs again, man, man, oh, man, I like the Bills fans. All right, bro. let me ask
1: you this real quick because it's going to be – Sunday night's game is going to be the highest-rated game of the NFL season, without a doubt, yep. in a year where they've had the highest ratings since they started tracking – such things back in 1995 this Sunday night's game will be the highest rated NFL game hands down until you get to the Super Bowl Um, what is more exciting for America now take off your orange and black glasses but Reed just said something that, that makes me ask this question is America more interested in Josh Allen v Patrick Mahomes than what they've had the last two years in Patrick Mahomes v. Joe Burrow?
4: Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say it's about the same, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if it is uh, as big of a deal to the nation that whoever Mahomes faces, is it Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? I don't think there's a difference. I really don't, but may- I would maybe there's a majority of public that would rather see Josh just because he's more explosive. I guess like Joe Burrow's not as flashy. He doesn't do the um, quarterbacks uh, runs and the you know the deep bombs running around like Josh Allen does. I guess. In what do you guys saying? They
2: absolutely, they absolutely want Bill's Chiefs. America Correct. wants Bill's Chiefs. But that's the only because – Why do you Josh, say that? Why do Josh, you say well, that? just like for reasons he said. Josh Allen, how many – I mean, again, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but Joe Burrow is not running for a 52-yard touchdown uh, in, in uh, across midfield in a playoff game. It's just not what Joe Burrow does. I think it's an exciting brand of football that Josh Allen plays. Patrick Mahomes is the same way. So I, I think the Bengals, again, the way they've played in the playoffs is – uh, you use Joe Burrow, and, and you and you use the defense to stop Patrick Mahomes, hold him to a couple field goals, and you use uh, shout out to your guy Evan McPherson, and, and you can go down and kick field goals. But I'm serious. In the playoffs, that's how it's been. Shout
1: out to my guy. That's Evan your McPherson. guy, Evan McPherson. See, you jumped on the Everett train. Now.
2: I well, it was a funny joke. <laughs> Everett kept doing it yesterday. It was very funny.
1: It's tired,
2: uh, but I will say, yeah, it's America wants Bills Chiefs, and that's okay. I, I, that's fine by me. If the Bengals play the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to cheer for the Bengals just the same. If America doesn't like that, that's fine. It's my team.
1: Don't you think there's something to though that uh, I agree with everything you just said, but I also think there is something to you know the the thing about watching uh, a car two cars getting ready to crash, right? That yeah. is Josh Allen. Oh yeah, 100. percent I mean, he brings that element. He can run like he did for 55, but he can just as easily fumble it two or three times the and throw watch. two or three picks, and and I mean, you know what happened? He's the best watch in the NFL.
3: Him and, yeah. him and Matt Stafford are my favorite quarterbacks to watch because they they do things that no other quarterbacks can do. Patrick Mahomes is in the same jest, but not to the same extent. They do things that other quarterbacks can't do. And then also, they do stuff that just looks like the most, most boneheaded mistake you've ever seen, but you live and die with it. The reason the, the America obviously wants to watch Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. And the reason is because the games, when they have played each other, have been have been more – have just been better. I mean, you think about two years ago, right before the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Do you remember that game against the Bills? The Bills take a lead with, like, 13 seconds, Tom. Yep. They take a lead with 13 seconds left, and what happens? Patrick Mahomes throws a pass down the field. They kick a field goal, send it to overtime. They score on their opening drive. That final – I mean, I'm looking at the score, 36-42. to 42. Yep. I mean, jo- Joe Burrow's never played a game with Patrick Mahomes like that. They're, they're, they're two playoff games, but they, more than 70 points have been scored both times. So that's why it's, it's, just a, it's more fun. People like watching touchdowns.
1: Uh, this is a great take here, and I think there's something to be said for that. Derby stardom. Who's doing the chat rankings this week? Casey my, has been. You might want to just file this away. This is a great point. Casey has I done think done he's spot years. on. He says, to me, the Bills are the Cubs of the NFL. Many want to see them win a championship. Well, aren't the Bengals also? I would say yeah. the, the Browns
3: The Browns uh, are the Cubbies, but...
4: I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to compare that to some of the MLB teams because I don't know their history, but I do think a lot of America would like to see the Bills win a championship. I think a lot of America would like to see the Texans win a championship. I, any of these teams that have not won a championship... I think, are uh, in line for America yeah. to, to win it all. I think they're tired of seeing Mahomes, honestly. But in terms of just this game, this week, the Bills, Chiefs, I do agree with you. I think that this week is probably going to be the highest-rated playoff game for the whole year. And it just depends on who moves on um, from, that, uh, from that game to determine whether or not uh, it'll be broken again. But this is one of the most – Anticipated quarterback matchups, and I, I would actually be shocked to find out that uh, they played each other this this year. I would be shocked to find out they weren't in the top five in that game yeah. in, in that game yeah. played as well. Yeah, because it's just electric football, like we've said.
1: Josh- Matt Jenkins says Josh Allen is the best player for the Bills, and sometimes the best player for the other team.
4: That's fair. that's true. That's fair. Josh
3: Allen against the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season, his record's three and one. In the postseason. 0-2. Oh,
2: Yikes. And people also want to see the Buffalo Bills fan base. I think that's a part of it, too. It's not sure. just never winning a Super Bowl. The uh, the Bills have a reputation of being one of the more crazier fan bases. Hell, they were shirtless uh, in negative 5-degree weather and snow, rolling around in snow in their stadium working for $20 an hour. Yep. Uh, so people want to see that. People Yeah, like, they do. People like seeing the underdog story there in, in the Buffalo people. So yeah, I I think it, I think it should be the game of the game of the year without question.
1: All right, well let's get to uh, we have Brian Billick dialed in. Yes, we do. All right, let's get to the uh, former uh, Super Bowl winning head coach of the Ravens and they march on. He's back in Columbus, Ohio with his is that the uh, Jack Nicholas Golden Bear lid there? Is that Upper Arlington yes, or is that Golden just Jack?
0: Bear. No, that's that's uh, Upper Arlington Golden Bears. is out shoveling the snow, so I needed some protection. You guys got snow up there? Just enough to get it off, uh, get it off the, uh, uh, the, the driveway. Yeah. Plus I needed okay. the exercise. Okay. Uh,
1: now, now, somebody said in the chat here, am I supposed to ask you something about not knowing what down it was coaching over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It was cool. I knew you'd bring that up. Uh, I lost the doubt. Yeah. We were driving in two minute. Um, I was told we didn't have a timeout. We did have a timeout. I should have called timeout. And, uh, Uh, I thought we had the first down. They got the ball, took it down to about the five. I thought it was a first down, so I wanted him to kill it because I didn't think we had a timeout. But he didn't quite get there, and it was fourth down. So, uh, yeah, I basically screwed it up. But we won the game 24 17. (laughs) Well,
1: there you go. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Did you enjoy it? Was it fun being back on the sideline? Oh,
0: great fun. It was great fun being around those young players. And tell you what, the two quarterbacks I had, Carter uh, uh, Bradley and uh, Jack Plummer from Louisville. Real deal. Good guys. Oh, and we did something neat. You'll get a kick out of this. We had a company from Canada. I had my game plan on a laptop. They had these electronic buzzers on their arm for the play call. I'd select the play. I played Madden football all day. I'd select the play. It'd come up on their uh, digital display. You're kidding me. Pretty cool. In fact, I'm meeting with the high school association. I'm hoping the high school association will approve it. Because this, you know what? Everybody's talking about sign stealing, right? College right. football yep. and whatever. This eliminates it. This this, is, this was a pretty cool deal.
1: Well, that's really cool. All right, well, good luck on that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we see that on the fields uh, around the Buckeye State in the fall. Um should. You look at anything, what, what surprised you the most about the wild card weekend?
0: Well, first off, nothing should really surprise you about the wild card, just because it is that. It's the wild card. And you have some teams on the extreme back end that all of a sudden can get hot and look pretty good. Uh, you have some teams, particularly now since there's only one bye, and you have some teams that really probably should have been in a bye, like the Dallas Cowboys. That was probably the biggest surprise, for Green Bay to go into Dallas against a team that's unbeatable at home and absolutely dominate them. And 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 uh, 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 love the quarterback at Green Bay. I really hadn't seen him that much this season. Mm-hmm. He uh, That was impressive. He, he was impressive. Um, the rest of the weekend, you know, obviously Philadelphia is absolute. We all were wondering, okay, it's been a tough month. Will they, will they somehow rebound? They're still a pretty good team. Well, obviously not. So that, that demise was probably the biggest surprise because I really thought they might have a chance to reassert themselves and show they had some sense of being that team that was 10 and one, but obviously not.
1: Um, Baker Mayfield, we were talking about him a little bit, you know, uh, before the season started getting another chance, fresh start, new team last year with three different teams along the way, Cleveland cuts him loose two years ago. Um, you know, there's just something about this guy, Brian. I mean, I I think a lot of people call it the it factor. uh, If there is such a thing as the it factor, but now two different franchises, uh to get playoff wins and last night if his receivers catch a football i made the comment earlier he might have thrown for 450 or 500 yards last night
0: and i think that's baker mayfield he can look spectacular and then he can look not so good because he's he's not afraid to put it in there you know the difference between the great ones and the not great ones They all want to be able to, I'm going to throw this thing in here. The great ones consistently get there and know when to do that one, not to do it, know where to put the ball. I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is there, but when he can get going, he's willing to take the shot. And, uh, yeah, you you can win some games with him. Can he sustain it over a 16-game season and in through the playoffs and all the way to a Super Bowl without the other Baker Mayfield showing up? I, I don't know, but certainly he was impressive the other night. Now it's again a good Philadelphia defense that has yeah. stopped. Yeah, I mean, no they way. look
1: terrible. They look terrible. Uh well, would you be shocked? by since you brought that up, because I, I've been, you know, I read things just like you read things. I mean, it it shocks me that there would be talk about Sirianni getting run in Philadelphia. But apparently, there are people that think that has a chance to happen. Does that shock you?
0: No, Philadelphia man. It's Philadelphia. I know I, know, I know. I do a radio show in Philadelphia, and I'll get on the show, and they'll go, "Oh my God!" And he threw this, and it was terrible. And that you won thirty-seven to six. What do you come? No, but he did. The, you know, they <laughs> take the. Um, but th- I think it's a legitimate question because Mr. Lurie, who has a track record, uh, it's it's a simple question: Can Sirianni be the guy along with Howie Roseman? He's not going anywhere. He's yeah. he's Jeffrey Lurie's guy. But you you got to question all the ends of that. Uh, and, and I think sometimes the owners will look at this and go, well, can Sirianni, can he battle through what it will be from day one, people going, ah, he shouldn't be here, and, and all the things that you've got to do, that negativity that comes with it, particularly like a city like Philadelphia, I, I, we'll see. Maybe he'll just decide, you know what, the baggage that we're carrying in, maybe we just need to go a new direction.
1: All right, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the pressure for Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. I mean, they're facing a team with house money. I I know they won their division, the Houston Texans, but they have a rookie head coach. They have a rookie quarterback. Here they are in the playoffs. They blow the Browns out of the gym uh, in the opening round of the postseason, and now here they come. Um, Look, you know. For everything that Lamar went through with his contract and not even traveling to Cincinnati for the playoff game last year and all the detractors and so on and so forth, he's had a phenomenal year. He'll probably be the MVP, but he's yet to make a big, deep run into the postseason. You think there's a lot of pressure there in Baltimore for this one?
0: I don't think he feels that pressure, but that pressure is there. Uh, and whether he's conscious of it or not. And the thing is, he's going to face now in a Baltimore number one seed, deservedly so, best team in the AFC. It all is going to go through Baltimore. Um, they're going to face a couple quarterbacks now. C.J. Stroud's been spectacular. And he's he, that's the kid that's says, hey, I'm just playing ball. you know. Uh, no one expects us to. He's going to see either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in the next round if they get past uh, uh, the Texans. Um, and so that's really what it comes down to, because those are pretty good quarterbacks, too. So can, you know, can he keep up with them? Because they're going to come in and have some production, all but in Baltimore. And and so, uh, yeah, I think there's some pressure there. And I think if particularly if those teams come in and start to move the ball a little bit and, and, and show some success, that he's going to feel like he needs to keep up. And, and does that force him into doing some things? And who knows? We'll, we'll see. They're a talented offense. They got receivers down the field. He's going to continue to run it. You got to believe they're going to play well and win at home. But they're going to face a couple quarterbacks here that uh, could make it interesting.
1: Um, a couple of quick things uh, on the coaching carousel real quick. Bill Belichick, uh, the Falcons announced it late last night that he had actually been in town to interview for their head coaching vacancy uh, yesterday. Uh, The Falcons have some things you really like, but they don't have a quarterback. Uh, And the one knock on Belichick, fairly or unfairly, has been that, you know, yeah, he won a ton of games and a ton of Super Bowls when he had Tom Brady. What did he do without Tom Brady? Um, I would imagine for any coach, and I would imagine a number of teams are going to interview Belichick. If you were him and all things being equal, the money, control, whatever it is you want, where's the spot? Are the Chargers the spot?
0: Anywhere that's got the quarterback. Herbert, yeah. Dak Prescott, yeah. And you're right. Bill Bill, you know, Bill's seventy two years old. And and do I want to go and now find a young quarterback and develop that as it goes along, live through the normal ups and downs that you have to. If I do if I if, if I'm Bill Belichick, uh and Bill's smart and Bill knows, you know, with a good quarterback, I'm okay. With a bad quarterback, I'm not okay. Uh Bill knows that. Uh, and, and so going where there is an established quarterback, I think would be huge, uh, you know, particularly because of the timeframe, uh, Dallas obviously would make a fit, although that one would be interesting because that would be an interesting marriage. Cause at the end of the day, Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones and the things Jerry Jones like to do, Bill's going to go, ah, no, no, I, I'm not, no, I'm not going to meet with you every Monday for three hours and explain what we just did. Uh, That's why I don't think it's a fit in Atlanta as well. Arthur Blank very much wants to go through a certain process. Bill Belichick, no, I don't do that. That's not the way I do it. So it's going to have to be the right fit. Uh, Yeah, San Diego with that quarterback and where you'd be in absolute complete control because Bill's not going anywhere. He doesn't have absolute and complete control. He's not going to have that in Dallas. He would in in, uh, with the Chargers.
1: All right, the last team I want to ask you about because I tell you, you know, you watch them and it's a roller coaster ride, man, a lot like the emotions of their head coach. The Detroit Lions, they're getting another game at home. And then all of a sudden, you know, okay, maybe they have to go on the road and play the 49ers. If the 49ers were to get upset, they'd have to play Green Bay for a third time. Of course, you know, they got to beat Tampa Bay first. I, I think for the first time all year long, Brian, I think the Lions have a fighting chance
0: here. Oh, they do. Jared Goff's playing brilliantly. They believe, you know, and how great is it to see fine? I mean, we both know Detroit's kind of the black hole when it comes to football. Yeah. coaches, things just disappear in there. To For them to be relevant and doing what they're doing, Dan Campbell's done a great job. The hard part for me, and this is just a personal bias, I was at the game they played against Baltimore. They just got their... Butts handed to him. And it wasn't just Lamar Jackson going off and doing things. They could do nothing against the Baltimore defense. Baltimore ran at will. And it wasn't just Lamar. Um, so that, for me, unfortunately, and that's just my personal, you know, because you look at the bigger picture and all the people are saying, this mm-hmm. is what Detroit can do. Absolutely. But I I was at that game and I saw that Detroit team. And, and it's hard to get out of my mind.
1: Yeah, I get it. I get it. Brian, thank you for your time, my friend. Welcome back to the Buckeye State. We'll catch up soon. Have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, buddy. Brian Billick, kind enough to join us. Always a pleasure to have him and his insight. And uh, look, you know, uh, the the Belichick thing, and we weren't going to get into that. I want to get into, though, first of all, and I I wanted to ask him, and and I failed and and drew a blank until he just said goodbye. You were not happy at all with Mike Tomlin after the game yesterday.
4: Oh, wasn't that? Now, up? here's no.
1: a. Deal. Did he bring it up, Reed? He did bring it did up. Did he bring it up? He did.
3: And then he, and then he persisted to ask you the same question. He, he was pestering. He was
1: pestering. He's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about we'll this? On. That's oh, right. Well, I mean, I saw where some people uh, on X last night <laughs> <laughs> got all wound up about Mike Tomlin walking out of the press conference. I mean, in my opinion, that's just ridiculous for people to get wound up. Here's a guy who's poured his heart and soul to get his team ready for a playoff game. If you didn't see it, let me back up here a second. Now, according to a couple of other people who are already in the room, and if you listen, they're like, anybody else have any other questions? So this woman, whoever it is that asks a question, you'll hear her voice vaguely in the background. Um, anybody in the room had a chance at any point in time to ask him this question before it came to the point where the Steelers PR guy says, okay, is that it? So Tomlin's been standing there answering questions for however long he's been there. It's freezing cold. His team just lost in the postseason. I'm not making excuses for the man. He doesn't need me making excuses for him. He's his own man and and, and and there's a lot to be proud of if you're Mike Tomlin, as a man and as a coach. And then all of a sudden, after they say, hey, anybody else, anybody else, according to those who were in the room, he was getting ready to just turn around and walk off the stage. But then the female, let it roll, Casey. Anyone?
3: Mike, you have
1: a year left on your contract. Okay, that was that. So she starts into, he hears the line, he turns around, walks out. There were people that were, you know, calling him all kinds of names on X last night. Casey, okay, so you were all wound up about it. I wasn't all wound up. You were up, wound up about it. You asked um, me about it three different ways. And I just said, look, coaches are allowed. Players are allowed. That's why they have that cooling off period. And the NFL, it's not long enough for the coaches because of the, uh, it's not like some baseball player. They play 162 games, and they duck the media after a game because they committed an error or a base-running mistake. These coaches, th- this is a microscope, 24-7, seven days a week. And now you're in the playoffs, and that amps up even higher and higher. And, 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 and less than 10 minutes after a game, you're going to walk in and, well, you know, your offense stunk, and coach, your defense stunk, and your, your punter stinks. And, you're about to, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, by the way, are you getting fired? 't want
4: to answer it but that wasn't that wasn't how she approached the question she asked you have one year left on your contract and then he just walked away where do you she think even...
1: she's going with that well, Casey even, that even, he's even... gonna get an extension after just getting beat again in the playoffs
4: maybe maybe Casey, Casey.
1: but Tom Casey. he he, he, he so...
4: ducked the media after a game where he got humiliated once again in the playoffs one and done bounced
1: This is a a question that was deserved to be answered. Okay, well, do do you not think that this week he went on and on and on and on answering this question during the week? He had been asked it at the press conferences every single day, all week. In fact, he gave an extremely elaborate answer about the whole thing, about, you know, this guy was in ninth grade. That guy was in seventh grade. This guy was a junior in high school when all this was going on. These players, they have nothing to do with this. This is on me. He said, this is my baggage. He took all that on himself. So he's answered all that nonsense. Can't you give him a little bit of grace, Casey? You know, guys like you, for someone, and I could name some other names out there. Beating them down. for someone that. Him down, mm, for
4: That criticizes the Cincinnati media for not answering or not asking the hard questions. I just find this hard to believe that you're taking the coach's side on this one. This is a question that he deserves, that that deserves an answer, especially after a tough, tough game. I I just think you have
1: to remember these are human beings. Okay. I'm all for my issue with the Cincinnati press or with generally most of the press across the country is is they don't ask the tough question on Monday. That's my issue. Zach Taylor's press conferences, I mean, good Lord. That's like falling asleep on a cloud. That's my issue. Tom, did you? Not right after the game. Now, if you want to ask him about a decision made during the game, I'm okay with that. No problem. Hey, you know, third and two. You throw the jump ball in the corner of the end zone. I mean, isn't there a higher percentage play right there to keep the drive alive? All of that, all on the table. But in that moment, to ask him about his future and remaining as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, A, he can't answer the question anyway. That's somebody else's decision. That's Mr. Rooney's decision. What's he going to say? I hope I'm back next year. I got one year left on a contract. I mean, what's he going to say? So do you disagree with the question
3: being asked, period? Like you don't, you don't like her asking that No, question. I have
1: no problem with her answering the question at all. Just like You're I have no problem questions. with him not answering the question.
3: Well, then, like, shouldn't there be at least a little due diligence of, uh, you know, a formality of, like, no comment and, and then walks off? walking off seems a little disrespectful for a question That's fair, that's fair. for a question that feels that feels decently important. Like it's not like it was a way out of left field question, it's a question that reporters should be asking. Maybe not at that time, but it's a question no, worth no, no, asking. No, 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 no. Again,
1: I don't have her a- any problem whatsoever of her asking that question. None. And I do I will concede to you on that. 100% as one human being to another human being, he could have just looked at her and politely said, I'd rather not get into all that right now. Right. I think that's probably the way it should have Correct. been handled. But I am giving him a little bit of rope. I don't know the background of that reporter with him. This could be something that goes on literally every time he sure, steps to the press sure. conference. Or it might be somebody who's from Buffalo. I have no idea who it was. It doesn't matter who it was. But yeah, I mean, he could have... He could have it just said, "Hey, look, this is not the time or the place."
2: I think that's where people have the problem. All well, right, fair enough, and that's fair. But if you watch the post game, or if you watch any of the post game stuff with the Eagles yesterday, Jason Kelsey, and maybe it's a little bit different because he's a player, not the head coach. Uh, but yesterday, after the game, he went to his locker, and a reporter went up to him and tried to ask him about the same thing: "Are you going to retire?" And he said, "Not today, guys," and he walked away. Yeah, it's the same thing, and right. he didn't receive any backlash. It's just, it's just the same thing. I agree with Tom on this. Uh, if Tomlin doesn't want to answer about his future right there after a crushing loss in the playoffs, I don't think he should have to. Uh, I will say, um, I think, Brendan Staley, after he was humiliated against the Raiders in what would be his last game as a Charger, every single question in that post in that post in that post game press conference was, "Why are you here? Do you yeah. deserve to be here?" He stood up there and he, he, and he took it he like did. a champ and he answered every question. So there, there's there's a little there's room for both sides. Here. That's
4: yeah. that's why I think maybe where we're, we're not agreeing with here is I feel like it, it deserved to be asked then and there because of mm-hmm. his history. Yes. He has been one and done in the playoffs multiple times Since now in a row. Yep, right. And it, it, that That's eventually it's got to stop.
1: Well, Eventually I mean, look, it's it, got to stop. So
4: right. you got to answer the tough questions when they're asked.
1: Well, and, and like Jolly Jolly points out, who was part of the Fox crew over the weekend and the game that they have what game did they have again?
3: Uh, I'll pull it up. I don't know. I'm sure you could tell it fast. I'm drawing
1: a look. blank. Why, how am I drawing a blank? It has to be an NFC game. Did they do the – no, they didn't do the Lions game. If they, I had
3: to guess, they'd probably take the 49ers. If,
1: no, if, they'll have that game this weekend. But I'm just trying to think oh, what game they pass. had the other day. Who, who else played in the NFC this weekend? I'm, uh, I'm they totally, probably had the Cowboys game, right? They had the Cowboys game. Thank you. Um, duh. Um, but like Jolly Jolly points out, it is the most talked about topic without a doubt. And we had Mike DeFabo here from The Athletic. He's been on a couple of times in recent weeks here on Off the Bench. uh, And he has been talking about it at length. That this is, you know, so Tomlin knows the question is coming. He knows it's coming. It's perfectly normal for that woman or a man to ask that question of Tomlin in that situation no problem whatsoever he's he's a a big guy and understands the real world he being tomlin he gets it he's been around the block nine or ten times now um but yeah i wish he would have just said hey look now it's not the time we'll get into this tomorrow we have a press conference that's fine and maybe he will answer it today i'm sure they're having a press conference of some kind today Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't suspect though that he's getting run
3: I, I I don't I don't see Mike Tomlin losing his job. There are a lot
1: of people that think it, it could happen. If he loses his job,
3: that would mean in the coaching market there is Bill Belichick six Super Bowls, Mike Tomlin a Super Bowl, yep, Pete Carroll a Super Bowl, Jim
1: Harbaugh NFC champion, maybe Mike McCarthy,
3: maybe Mike McCarthy Super Bowl champion, maybe Nick Sirianni NFC champion, yep. I don't think it's that it's too far of a stretch already. If Mike Tomlin doesn't doesn't get fired, which I don't think he will, but if he is, certainly that this is the greatest coaching um, carousel. Yeah, this is this yep. is this has the most coaching talent that we've ever seen out there, yep. and it's really been a snowball effect of hires like the Sean McVays and the Kyle Shanahan's of the so, world of where everyone wants these young, hip coaches, the Mike McDaniel's. That are that are winning a lot of games, and now they look at their coach and like, "Hey, we got this defensive guy that's been here for 15 years, and you know things have kind of mellowed out here recently." And for like it or not, that's why these these five these coaches are are losing their jobs.
4: You know, I I'm actually pretty comfortable in saying that this probably is one of the greatest this, we've seen
1: correct, in our even lifetime. even if Mike
3: Tomlin doesn't lose his job.
1: Right. Yeah, there's no way there's ever been an off season where you had this many guys with this many Super Bowl titles under their collective belts. There's no way that that has been the case in any other single off season. Just Belichick having six alone, right? Like you just mentioned, Carroll, uh, conceivably, you know, conceivably remote, albeit McCarthy or Tomlin, um, you know not even to mention Nick Saban's gone I mean in the collegiate ranks but it it really is amazing it really is truly amazing um so so to to put a bow on this do you think that Pittsburgh will move on for Mike
3: Tomlin cuz personally I I don't no, I do not I can, I can't that's not the
1: MO of the Rooney family they've had correct. three coaches here in the last what 50 years correct yeah there's no way they're firing him
2: at what point do you think and, I, and we kind of had it with Marvin um but at some point, just a winning record doesn't qualify you to keep your job. Eventually, you have to act on it. And you have to uh, advance in the postseason. Yep. He hasn't done that in quite some time. When does, that, when does that run tired?
1: That's a good question. Because we are – What, are what do know, you like think? 20
2: years? We're 20 years. In my opinion, they are at the line where it's time to part ways. And maybe it's because they don't have a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. They can, and they can start fresh. Now would be a perfect time to do it. He, he, he gets his swan song. He ends with, what did he get? 10, 10 wins again this year? Yep. So he, he ends with a, a winning record again, makes the postseason. Uh, and you can say farewell to Mike Tomlin. I think he's had a phenomenal career. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. To never have a losing season in what was it, 17 seasons? That's right. That it's is preposterous.
3: Impressive. That is impressive.
2: Absolutely preposterous. Uh, but if, a, a, as a franchise, as an organization, I would assume they would look to move on here. That's what I would want if I was a Steelers fan. That's what that's what I would want, uh, pretty much if I was anyone, anyone, anywhere near Pittsburgh. Get rid of Tomlin. He's had a great run, but it's time to move on. For,
3: and in, in, to add on to the Mike Tomlin stuff, he's a defensive guy, right? Their last four. Postseason games, they gave up 45 points to Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They gave up 45 points to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. They gave up 42 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. They gave up 35 points to the Buffalo Bills. So when you're not even doing your side of the ball well, when the I games it. matter, it might be time. I don't think they'll get rid of him, but it's certainly with, with as much, as many good coaches there are out there, this coaching carousel, certainly seems a decent time to start looking around.
2: I don't even think that Mike Tomlin presser was the worst presser they had yesterday. I sent one to Casey, and it was George Pickens. And talk about a guy. Again, maybe he's a nice guy. Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. But he comes across like he's not that. He comes across like he's a child. And yesterday, after the loss, instead of taking ownership for their loss, Tom, he decided to blame the referees. Uh, his, his first response is, what, what, what happened today? He said, refs, refs, refs. That's the only thing on my mind. Yep. This is a this is a clip from the uh, press conference or from his interview. To be honest, uh, I just kind of was stuck on this game right now uh, with the refs. You know? the refs, refs, right. That's the only thing that's been in my mind when it's you
3: know when He I mean? when I can see. Uh, I can see him. You know, I take down the field. go ball. Me pushing. Him pushing. No I'm not. You know, big you know, in, you know, you know, He's, he's easy, low know, hip. When we're know, yeah. for the ball, We both reach it. He never grabbed me, just make
0: it, play on the ball. You, you later you. down, me. So, is it just that one or is it Throughout uh, That was uh third down, fourth down. A pivotal
3: down on that specific drive. Again, another fourth, you know, like 12 minutes ago. We get that right there. It's 24-2. They ain't even scored yet. get that right there. 24-24. But uh, you're not going to win a game you got a really rough so, uh, That's
2: really what I feel like happens on the stage, yeah. to be honest. I don't know how you walk away from a, I mean a, a two touchdown loss and really a three score loss, they a sh- preposterous shank of a field goal in the last minute of that game. I don't know how you walk away from that and say that was the refs. That's not what I saw. Mason Rudolph clearly is not a great quarterback. The run game was shut down and the Bills looked dynamite. You you allowed a, a six foot four quarterback to run 55 yards for a touchdown. He did a, a yabba-dabba-doo kind of maneuver to out, out-juke. This, well, this that's killer. old
1: school there, yabba-dabba-doo. Do you know <laughs> what that's a, from?
2: That's uh, from the Flintstones. Thank you. Hanna-Barbera. He did a yabba dabba do" kind of juke to juke out the Pittsburgh defense. If you're going to allow that, uh, I can't really help you. That's not the referees.
3: I would have um, loved if one of the, the journalists there – Said when he's going on and on about how it's the refs, and be like, did the refs fumble that ball in the first quarter? Because George <laughs> Pickens fumbled the ball, which led to a 14-0 yeah. score. And on top of that, you, you talk about refs, they, they had a. Um, the Bills challenged a call on the field yep. that I don't know how in the hell it didn't get overturned. That was
1: Fryermuth's fumble, I think. Right. Yep. Fryermuth fumbled I, the yep. ball.
3: I think he was out of bounds. That's why, right? Cause that's, his,
1: what that's what they said. That's what they said. But yep. like every
3: camera angle that we saw. It looked clear as day. I don't know. But, I, yeah, I mean, George Pickett's fumbled the ball in the first, yeah. the first quarter, which led to 14 nothing. Yeah, so.
1: Somebody but, put, put out backs. on X yesterday, which I thought was interesting, and I don't have it in front of me, but, but, but they put out, because you, you may have seen, you know, uh, in, um, that Allen slides later in the game, late in the game, pow, hit, right, and flag, mm-hmm. here it comes. Mm-hmm. And that, somebody put out a, um, the highest percentages of quarterbacks who get that call of late hit, sliding. Did you guys see this? No. It was really, really interesting. Now, your natural inclination, mine would be, well, it's got to be the guys who run all the time, right? Yeah. Because they expose themselves to that hit. Right. Well, Allen was number one on the list, so that makes sense. What, what was very, I found very, very interesting is Mahomes was only about uh, maybe seventh or eighth on that list. At the very bottom of the list, both Joe Burrow, not a huge surprise, although he runs a little more than people think he does, at That's least fair. he did the yeah, last I, couple I of years till this I year. Agree. And the one that was staggering to me was Lamar Jackson. He gets never it. gets that call. Wow.
3: That is staggering. Yeah. And it, it goes into the, what you were alluding to is like these guys that run put their bodies at risk, but yeah. the refs aren't as likely to pull the flag out.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah, very, it was really, really interesting. I can't remember who put it out, and I, should, I, I would have given them a credit, but I, just, I was just flipping through it, and I, went well, wow, that's that's really. It happened right after that that play was made last night. All right, let's get to, um, l- l- let's get to a, a timeout. When we come back, I just want to get your rough sketch, because we're gonna get out of here about 15 minutes early today. I got to get to a doctor's appointment, routine checkup, but I got I got to get there in time. You all good? You good? Oh man, are you kidding? Come on. You look great. just getting ready to you hit the top great. of my game at 60. Sagging a little. Could use a little Botox. Could use a little, you know, pull yeah. some of this out of here. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than that, eh.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, nothing a beer and a schmag can't handle. That's right. All much. right. So um, uh, we're go- I want you to see your rough sketch of – of these games over the weekend. Which game are you most looking forward to? Ooh, I like that. Okay? And I'm going to take out the Kansas City-Buffalo game. Let's just take that one out. Okay. Okay? Because that's getting all the pub, and it's going to—and rightfully right. so. Rightfully so. Right, said. Sunday night, primetime. They're, they're getting it. But of the other three, which one do you kind of say to yourself, now, nah, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking that game out. And we're going to get into some college basketball. That's because right, we've got the fighting UC Bearcats tonight. The and fighting Elliot Rearings. That's right. And the fighting mouses. The, fi- the fighting, that's right. The fighting, the Dana fighting weird mouses tonight.
2: The mice, the mice, mouses, <laughs> the
1: mouses. That's exactly right. All right, Casey, take it away, big boy. All oh, you, all here right. we go.
4: The uh, Bearcat Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore provides IT solutions for a data-centered world. With well, a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and
2: productivity. productivity.
4: Productivity. That's right. Visit Encore.tech. The path innovation begins here. And let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here. Pawnee Water. Pawnee! Right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at pahhni to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, technology solutions from Encore, and drink lots of Pawnee Water.
3: Guys... Thank you so much for being here every single day. We love you all so very much. If you aren't already, we would love if you hit that subscribe button. Also, you see a little thumbs up? Looks like this. Looks like this. Click it. Click it. It really helps us grow. It really does. Today after the show, about 11 o'clock. There will be uh, an exclusive interview from Chatterbox Red, so Nick Kirby's happy to bring that to you guys. Um, tomorrow we will have box lunch after the show, but these are all just some housekeeping things where we're getting to the end. There's no more Chatterbox clicker, no more uh, Chatterbox bangles. We'll revamp Chatterbox bangles once uh, we kind of get into the free agency, and once we get into the offseason, all those, all those things. Great. And, uh, I just want to say. We appreciate you guys being here.
2: Let me ask you guys this, not to change the subject, and Dreed knows I'm bad at transitions.
3: Very good at changing.
2: AFC North, I was thinking about this last night. AFC North by far was the best division in football this year, bar none. Mm-hmm. Saying that, there seems to be a lack of postseason success with three of the four teams. Well,
3: that's what, that's what I and,
2: and And I think if you want to say, and again, it's, it's, a very tough, it's a very tough division, one of the best in football. But do you think we overrate the AFC North? Because we get to the Steelers, they give a winning record every single season. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a great running game. Uh, the whole team's blah. Boom, first round exit. You look at the Browns, and again, I say this with love and respect, but they're perennial losers. That's a franchise that'll never see any kind I of joy, any kind of joy or happiness or success. That's a failed. That's a failed franchise. Uh, you look around. Is this a not a fraudulent division, but is is, is this an overrated division, overhyped? I see? do.
4: I do think that the AFC North as a whole has a bit of a problem because of their their philosophy and their roster construction. Hard nose, wanting to smash mouth, run the football down your throat. And I think it catches up after this long se- Like, the seasons are only getting longer. It's only getting harder. You only get one team with a, a bye week, you know, in the playoffs. So it, it's much harder to continue that style of play because you're just getting more... Battered, bruised, banged up right. throughout the season. So I think I think it has something to do with that. But I don't think it's I don't think they're overrated. I think I think they're good. It's just when it comes to the playoffs, anything can happen. It's just kind of like baseball. You you don't once you're in, you're, you don't know what's going to happen.
3: If if you look at the postseason, and and this is a, a fair question, because if the Ravens get bounced this week, you can, you can certainly start having that conversation. 100%. But I mean, that, that'll be a very prominent question. It, it's almost reminiscent of, like, the Big Ten in college basketball. Yeah. Every year we go into the tournament thinking the Big Ten is, is fantastic. They got ten teams in. And then what happens every single year, the top teams get knocked off early. The mid-tier teams don't make a run. I mean, it's it, it happens every single year. So it's very similar to that with the AFC North. If you look at the wild card weekend – Almost across the board, whoever had the better quarterback and whoever was kind of the finesse team won, right? Yeah. You go to the first game, Texans. C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. They like to throw the ball a lot more than the Browns do, All right, Texans win. Uh, both the, the Dolphins and the Chiefs kind of aren't very hard-nosed teams, but uh, the better quarterback won there and Patrick Mahomes versus Tua. I would argue, I know there's there's a very good argument for this, I would, argue, I would rather have Jordan Love than Dak Prescott at this point. And uh, the, the, the team that's kind of hard, hard-nosed, the, the Cowboys, they lost to a team that likes to sling the ball all over the field. Now, the, the one area that, that, that didn't win was the Detroit Lions, certainly are a more hard-nosed football team than the Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. That being said, the Rams covered, but they didn't win. Um, Bills, better quarterback than Mason Rudolph. Now the final one is uh, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want. Jalen Hurts didn't look like a very competitive quarterback in the second half of the year. So, I mean, it, is it a, a thing of the AFC North with this, you know, kind of mentality of, you know, we're going we're gonna to be hard-nosed, we're going we're gonna to run the ball, we're going we're gonna to be ground and pound.
2: Does that not play in the postseason very much anymore? I don't know. The Cincinnati Bengals have five playoff victories in their past three seasons. The Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers, they have six since 2014. I don't know.
3: That's why when, when we had the question a couple weeks ago, you look at the Bengals <clears throat> going 1-5 in in the AFC North, and a lot of Bengals fans look around and they go, well, why are we losing these games? And it's because these teams are a lot more physical than the Bengals. The Bengals are the finesse team of the North. All these other teams, very physical. Steelers. Ravens, Browns, and people go, well, I want the Bengals to be more like that. But then you start thinking about what succeeds in the postseason. And it is those teams that, you know, spread it out. Look at the, the yep. Chiefs. The Chiefs won last year when Tom Brady was winning in, in, in Tampa Bay. They threw 50 times a game. Matt Stafford and the Rams. Look at the last three Super Bowl winners. I don't know. It's 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 – are we going to continue to have um, to take our licks in the AFC North if we don't get to this ground-and-pound kind of style? Maybe. I would say the Bengals have won the AFC North the last two years, two to the last three years. But I like the way that the Bengals, the style of play that the Bengals have because it lends itself to more success in the postseason.
1: Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's like anything else. There's got to be a happy medium there somewhere. I mean, you have to be able to line up and smash somebody in the face when you're third and two. Yeah. You're fourth and one. You're right. You got to be able to do it. Philadelphia did it last year. Even the Chiefs last year, they ran the ball very well in the postseason last year. And they'll line up in in a third and one or third and two. And it seems like they get it every single time. Green Bay the other day. I mean, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah, He's averaging five years. and a half yards a carry. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and and look, you know, as flashy as Christian McCaffrey is, the bottom line is that cat still ran for, what, 12 or 1,300 yards this year. That's right. Right? Okay, so, you know, th- there are teams out there that are still playing. Well, they'll turn around and hand it off. That's two teams and in the league. And you got to have, have a nice blend. You got to be able to do a little bit of both. You're, you're going to lean more with the Bengals of being a more – pass happy offsets clearly with burrow chase higgins we'll see if that changes moving forward into next year even the Bills, yes. Even the Bills, even the Bills,
2: on on third and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, third and two. You think they're having Dawson Knox or Dalton Kincaid out there throwing passes on end-of-rounds? No. No. You have well, Josh Allen. I was
3: take gonna a, say they have a six foot five, two hundred and that's fine. That's fine. Well,
1: Joe Burrow's six foot three and weighs two hundred and something. I know he's not Josh he's Allen, not Josh but he Allen. ain't. He ain't. Josh Allen's, Baker not, Mayfield. Josh
2: Allen's not afraid to take a body up the middle. And he's going to go up there. And if he doesn't get it on the third and two, on fourth and one, he's going to go right back at it. And I think that's, that is a, an area that the Bengals miss on a little
1: bit. And the Bills, this year, the last seven weeks of the season, have been the number one rushing team in the league. Yeah. Last seven weeks of the season. That's, that's been – They that's, fired their offensive coordinator. Right. They're right. The ball. And, the, ball and the Steelers did the same darn thing. Yep. They had two backup quarterbacks, Trubisky. And then they go to Rudolph. They turn around and realize, oh, that's right. We have Najee Harris on this team. Oh, that's right. We've got Whalen on this team.
3: If the if the Ravens, I think the question that needs to be asked, and this is what started this whole debate, is if the Ravens lose this weekend, Tom, is it more than fair to assume that the AFC North is a bit overrated? Because oh,
1: they— It's more than—of course it is. Right. Yeah, if they get drilled, there's no doubt. If they lose, period, of course it is. They're at home. They got experience at every single position over these young, they have experience in the coaching ranks, everything over the Texans. Now, I asked before we left, and by the way, Brian, you know, Uh I mean, I appreciate that you love baseball. I love baseball. But you bring this up three, four times a week. Right now, it's the NFL playoffs. You've got coaches like Belichick and Carroll and all of these guys that are out there getting interviewed. And you want us to talk about baseball? What exactly, if we talked about anything involved with baseball right now, what in the hell would you talk about? Tom? we're not I'm gonna... being serious about this. What would you talk about? Are we going to preview the National League West today? Are we going to talk about Jonathan India going to the outfield again? Are we going to talk about the 50-something million dollars or whatever it is the Reds will add to their payroll this year? Yeah, We could do that, but I think we just did it. Tom, don't we get We do roped it every in. week when my dad comes on this show. Don't get,
3: don't get roped in. Last week you did this. You said, you said, what, why would we talk about baseball? All this stuff's going on. And we, ended, and, we, and we ended up talking about Joey Votto for 30 minutes. So we're not getting roped in this week. We're not doing it. Do you think David Bell's a good manager?
1: I, I'm not starting on
2: this.
1: <laughs> I'm not starting on this. Favorite and now England. Mouse Cop, here he goes. More baseball talk. Here we go. Here we go.
3: He needs more Xavier talk. We'll get to Xavier. Tom, what's your favorite game of the divisional round?
1: No doubt about it for me. It's uh, it's Ravens v uh, Texans.
3: Did you hear the spread on that one? No. You know what it is. Yeah, I'm going to tell it to you, and I want to I want to hear your reaction. D- give me a guess of what you think the spread should be. Ravens are at home against the Texans.
1: I would say five and a half.
3: They have it at nine and a half. They say it's going to be a ten, 10 point
1: game. Wow. Well, they've been the best team. Mm-hmm. They've been the best team. There's no doubt about that. They are, without a doubt, right now, the best team in the National Football League.
3: Yeah, I think, man, I, when I look at this, everyone's going to call to, I mean, the, the Texans and the Packers both just beat good teams, 11-12 win teams, by three-plus scores. Texans beat the Browns by 30 points. Packers really beat the Cowboys 27 enough, and that's when that game kind of, mm-hmm. in the second half, was what it was. And they go into the divisional round as 10-point
1: underdogs. It's amazing.
3: It is amazing. It makes you want, like, I personally, as a gambler, I think I'm going to I'm gonna have to take the Ravens and the 49ers, because those spreads don't make any sense whatsoever. But, I mean, is, is it just, they don't see how a, how a rookie coach... And a rookie quarterback can go on the road against one of the best <coughs> coaches in the game in the surefire MVP. I think that's a good game, Tom. I agree with you, but I just can't see a world in which the Ravens fall to the Texans.
1: Now, these two teams played in week one. That's eight gazillion years Doesn't ago. Count. Yeah, eight gazillion. But it years. should be noted just a couple of little things there is that uh, it was the most sacks Lamar Jackson had in any game of the season. Yep. He got sacked four times, he had his third lowest passer rating of the year. His second lowest yardage total in what is, without a doubt, an MVP season for him. So, you know, look, that was C.J. Stroud's first ever game, the whole nine yards. I mean, that's that's two lifetimes ago, I'm sure it feels like, for everybody involved with these two teams. But, if nothing else, you know, if you're D'Amico Rines, you can walk in the door and you can say, fellas, we've played these guys already. I mean, it's not like the first time we're getting a look at the best team in the NFL. We've at least seen them. May not mean anything. What game you looking for?
4: Well, I very excited for Houston, Baltimore, but to be honest, Tampa and the Detroit Lions I really think. are are my yep. my favorite game of the weekend yep. because one of those two teams, Tampa or the Lions, are going to be in the national or not national championship? Excuse me, National
3: Football Conference. Yeah,
4: National Football Conference championship, the NFC championship, which to me very intriguing. Both would be. Fantastic storylines. Jared Goff and the Lions. The Lions just, you know, breaking that uh, playoff drought that they've had for over 30 years. Being able to possibly make it to the championship and then Baker Mayfield to the championship just seems uh, like electric storyline written uh, NFL script stuff for me. So um, that's my favorite game of the weekend. But I love Houston at Ravens just because I have that take that, Whoever went, won the uh, Browns-Houston game was going to make it to the championship. So I expect Houston to make it competitive against the Ravens. And they played the Ravens pretty good week one. They sacked Lamar like five times or something like that, really made him uncomfortable. And that was CJ's first game of his career. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. I think that the this is going to be a, a good weekend for NFL playoffs for sure.
1: Anybody else?
2: My game is that game, but just so I don't I don't copy it, I do like the uh, the Eagles 49ers. I do agree with Reed that the spread is so weird that I do. Packers 49ers. Sorry, what did I say? Eagles. Eagles, right. sorry. Packers 49ers. Uh, both green. I, I, I do think what, what Reed said is true. The spread is fishy. I don't think either, either spread should be 10 points. I agree. Which makes me want to bet it. And I do like, by the way, I am going to take the Texans and C.J. Stroud plus 9.5 in that game. I am taking the 49ers in this game just because I think the 49ers are due for a for a first game playoff uh, a thumping of of the of, of the of the Green Bay Packers. But saying that, if Jordan Love is able to upset the 49ers. I don't know. We start, talking to, we, start about, we start talking about that conversation yesterday where when do we start paying Jordan Love because that would be a massive win in what should be a rebuilding year for the Packers. Nobody expected the Packers to win nine games. And I know it's one of the worst divisions in football in the NFC North. I get that. But saying that, if, if Jordan Love's able to come out there, you still have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has rushed for over 100 yards like five of his last seven games. Guy's a tank. If they're able to pull off this upset you have a massive storyline on your hand because then the NFC finally gets another decent quarterback over there. And it's not just the AFC quarterbacks versus like three NFC quarterbacks. It's another good quarterback. So I, I do like that game a lot.
3: Yeah, it's it's funny that you said that thing. We we just talked about the AFC North and is it a bit overrated? Then you're like the NFC North's terrible and they horrible. they had two they had two playoff winners this week. Now once again, that's in a it's in a much less competitive NFC, but the Lions and the Packers both did win their games. I'm on Casey's side. I think that the most interesting game outside and you said we couldn't do the Chiefs Bills yep, game. Yep. Obviously, that's the, that's the marquee game of the weekend. I thought it was funny that they uh, that they kind of just assumed that the Steelers were going to lose because when they scheduled all the games, they're just like, "Hey, we're going to put this Chiefs game Sunday night. Ah, maybe they'll play the Steelers, maybe they'll play the whoever, but we'll just we'll just have it there just in case because they knew the Steelers weren't going to win." Sorry, Lindsey, but, but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the Lions Bucks and and it's part of the reason that Casey said it's to, to think two weeks ago let alone 12 weeks ago that we'd be sitting here that either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Detroit Lions will be going to the NFC Championship game is crazy to think about it's it, it's crazy and in all the storylines i mean the fact that the lions get another home game the fact that baker mayfield who was on his last leg in the nfl people don't people don't remember that before the year people were saying eh, baker should probably just hang him up he'd be pretty good on tv mm-hmm. he should hang him up and here he is, commanding a 32-9 win over the NFC champions from a year ago. And for what it's worth, I think the Lions are going to win this game. But it is—it it, it truly is out of two teams that that don't have a whole lot of hype around them. It could be the best game of the weekend, and that is just—it's it, it, going to be—it's going to be a lot of fun. Dan Campbell and then this roaring Detroit Lions fan base for a chance to get the NFC championship against little five foot ten Baker Mayfield, who once again is on his last leg in the NFL, or was, now he's going to get an extension. I'm, I, I, As someone who hated Baker Mayfield when he was with the Cleveland Browns, I love that guy now. He's, he's a guy, I mean, all the stories that they were telling about how he kept the locker room together, he's the reason that they're in because he still fights. He still makes a lot of mistakes if you watch him play. But he is—he's fun to watch. He's
2: a fiery fella. There's no doubt about who's, that. Whose season is, is is a bigger shock to you guys, the Packers or the or the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks? Who who coming in right now? You would say both of these teams are in the or one of these teams is going to be in the uh, uh, the divisional round. Who would you have said would would have a chance to get there, and who wouldn't have a, even a, a glimmer of hope? I would have said probably it would be more
3: unlikely or less likely that the the Packers yeah. were going to be there because, you know, you lose a Hall of Fame talent like Aaron Rodgers, you get rid of him, and you're, and you're going to play this guy that's never played in the league before. He's been in the league for three years, and he's going to be your starting guy. And he's not only going to look like the best quarterback in the NFL over the last seven weeks, but he's going to beat a Dallas Cowboys team at home that hadn't lost a game at home in 16 games, and thump them? Yeah, that's way more surprising. Over, like, the NFC South has, honestly, the Bucks have made the postseason the last three years. Now, granted, that was with Tom Brady. But that's a pretty poor division. And I, I would have. That's the key, is right, it a division. Right. I, I mean, mean they, they've yeah. won it now four straight years, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I would think that that would definitely be the answer. Everybody has different, and then there's no right and there's no wrong answer on that. But certainly, no one in their right mind thought that in the Final Four of the NFC when this season began, that Tampa Bay and Green Bay would both be a part of the final four. Would know Dallas, would know Philadelphia, uh, among others. All right, let's shift gears now, Case. Okay. We got some high school basketball, to, I mean some college basketball tonight. Well, let's. let's I say high school basketball because we, we've got people in our chat that want to talk about the GCL matchup between St. X and Moeller.
3: <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one, Tom.
1: Moeller will massacre that team. Go ahead.
3: Well, the, the to put a bow on the the wild card round. Let's go through our picks. Let's go through how we how we did gambling and then
1: Okay. Well, we didn't actually gamble, but we just well, did picks. Oh, well, yeah. some of us right. did. Okay, well, well we some of gambling. some of you did.
2: Yeah, some, yes. some of All
1: you did. All right. Didn't. Let's let it roll. We start with uh, the there there are a lot of these games. We got to get through them. Yep, here we go. All right. So, up. Oh, my bad. That was a good one, Tom. That's the only game That's I won, one, I Tom. think. That was a good one, Tom. I'll say
3: this: I did not bet this. I don't think I I, I coincided because I went a perfect six and zero against the spread in the wild card weekend, but I, I don't think my picks reflected that. I, I still, I mean. Really, I mean, I I can't get over how awesome this is for the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations, Cleveland Browns, on on your best season in in recent memory. You guys earned it. Good job.
2: I believed in the Browns. I had hope for the Browns. They let me down. I can't even imagine being a Cleveland sports fan, having to endure the failure that is that franchise. Good luck to you. Two-time coach of the year, uh, Kevin Stefanski, led him to a slaughter in the first round to a rookie. Wow. Good job, Kevin. Casey, you you went
3: with the team that you constantly say stinks.
4: I did. I had a moment of uh, of weakness, and uh, it it backfired. It, it it hurt that they um you know that, that this this was a moment of weakness for me. That Just to, to show you,
1: Case.
3: He backed his C.J. Strouds. Tom did, and and he got the win. Unfortunately, he backed the teal too. Um, who,
1: which I still can't believe I did. I mean, <laughs> I that, to my Tom? son the other day. Uh, they, they, never mind. Go ahead. Move on.
3: Tom, you. That's ridiculous. All year long, we we joke about the fu- coming showing up in teal. We do that joke every time we mention yep. Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And they go and play the Super Bowl. I champs. just thought
1: they would cover. I didn't think they'd win. I thought they'd cover. I thought they'd show up. Well, and I now all of a sudden play. they're talking yesterday about two as a guy for the long haul. Oh, all my right. Goodness. All right. That's what Mike McDaniels and the general manager said yesterday. Mm. Well done, men. All right. What's next up?
3: We'll go to the Sunday game.
1: Look at us. Tom. Tom,
3: you said it yourself. You're never doing it again. Tom. You're never believing in the Dallas Cowboys.
2: How can you do this? This is back-to-back
1: I thought 16-0 at home.
2: Well, I back to back sixteen and one and now. Sixteen and zero at home. 16, that's
1: sixteen and one now. They're talking that's about right. not
2: showing up, <laughs> Tom. This is back to back picks where your shtick is you, but, you openly you openly hate both these franchises. I
1: think I said that I the first game was the only game I think I got right. I think I could be wrong on that.
3: Go ahead. You got the next one right in according, according to the spread. I yeah, rode yeah. the fighting Chris Spielman's. You guys did cover. I got yep. the I got the winner right. But Very you guys nice. Did cover. Very that's nice. Yeah, you All didn't right. bet any of your picks. Okay, you just bet against them. I did. That's that's right. Well, I bet the I bet the Packers bet money the line. Packers. I bet the Packers money line. I think I bet the rest of these. All right, so we go to yesterday's game. <laughs> Give me some. Look at that. Look at that. Tom. Look at that,
1: Tom Casey.
4: I mean, they were nervous. men of aluminum. They men were of aluminum. nervous at the fourth quarter. When they made it a seven-point game, they were nervous, but it just didn't matter. They were never—they were never a good team, Tom.
3: Well, it was—if it's ever tough sledding with all that snow, they could have been sledding right on down the the stairs of Highmark Stadium right into Mike Tomlin's end of his career. So uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills with the cover there, um, and then the final one. What do you talk about? I only—I only didn't bet the first one. Wow. Elliot. Elliot. Reed had a big week. I went six and zero against the spread betting wise. Who did I pick there? It
2: looks you got, like, uh, you looks got like the an Eagles. Eagle looks like an eagle. You head.
3: knew that they were frauds. What was up with that?
2: I, this 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 game broke me because I thought the Eagles, despite being fraudulent, I thought they'd come out and show up one time. Uh, clearly, that's not the case, and your that franchise is now back down the toilet because I don't know what you do. Jalen Hurts looked lost. The offensive line looked disgusting. The defense wasn't there at all. How many chunk plays did they give up yesterday? How many 20-plus plays did they give up yesterday? Plus it seemed like plays. every
1: time he turned around.
2: Every, every play. Cade Otten, the slowest guy in the field, had 90 yards, and he was getting chunk play after chunk play. That's you, a joke.
3: You know what was worse than the chunk plays was, like, it'd be third and three, yeah, and they throw one out in the flat, and a quarter, cornerback would come up to make the tackle, yeah, and they'd just slip on right
2: by and get a gain of 12. Like, every single time that that would happen. Eagles. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, I would rather the Bengals miss the playoffs with a nine and eight record than have the Eagles start than than then the Bengals start ten and one collapse down the stretch and get blown out by the Bucks That's, in the first round. I agree with that. I agree with that. Eagles defense. Looks Tom, like, why do you? Eagles defense looked like it was full of Nick Scotts yesterday. That would be terrible. The whole team was Nick Scott. Nobody making a tackle. Tom, can you imagine
3: how insufferable this room? Full of full of orange and black stripes would be when we were if we were ten and one. I would I would I would make a piece of wood getting ready for the Lombardi Trophy at my house if we started out ten and one. I understand.
2: I get tattoos, Tom. And then just I get a tattoo. He'd,
3: he'd get it. He'd get a championship tattoo when they're ten and one. We'd get it we'd get it rocking right then and there. And then they win one game the rest of the year. Lose lose by twenty three to Baker Mayfield.
1: I don't care. At least you have a chance if you get in. You have no chance sitting on your butt at home.
3: Baker Mayfield was getting ready to to take a kindergarten teacher job. He was getting ready to tell stories to little kids. <laughs> and here he is throwing for four hundred. Staying away from
4: that.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
4: Staying away from the bait.
1: For right now. <laughs> <laughs> for right now. Good line by uh, Jimmy in there, by the way. Jimmy <laughs> Dolan. Uh, he said, uh, I feel a lot better about uh, St. X chances of beating Moeller after watching Tom's picks. That's, that's uh, You're right. You're right. Um, okay. So, college basketball tonight. Big one. Big one. All right. You got the UC Bearcats. I saw where John Rothstein must be in town to cover this game tonight. I saw that, too. Oh,
3: he's not going to the big game?
1: And he made the comment. He said, hey, look, you know, UC could easily be 3-0 and in the Big 12 right now. But as we know, they're not. They won at BYU, shocking them, the number, what, 12 team in the country, if I'm right. not mistaken. They come back home, <laughs> back and forth, great game, but lose to Texas. They go down to Baylor. The, you know, they're, they're without Aziz." Um, and they lose to the Batland Bears by three, 62-59. Played good defense, just couldn't put it in the hoop. So here we go again tonight. I mean, now you're starting a whole new run, right? Wes Miller said this the other day after the game at Baylor. Now all of a sudden you got TCU, and we mentioned their last two games, they've beaten number nine Oklahoma, number two Houston. I didn't think anybody beat Houston. I mean, I knew they'd lose in the Big 12, but, I mean, that, that's a killer team, right? Yeah. TCU. You know, beat, just beat them on Saturday. So then after that for UC, if I'm not mistaken, they play Oklahoma at home. Yep. And then they play at number two or number three, Kansas. Wow. Right? Correct. Okay, so here you are starting the whole cycle over again. You just got finished with three ranked teams. And now you got three more coming up. And, you know, th- this is one of those where I agree with you, Elliot, about, you know, the way you feel about the team. And the way they're playing and they're competing in the Big 12, many wondered, would they be able to do that this year? They've proven they can compete and play with virtually anybody. But these two games this week, minimum, they have to go 1-1. One one. Both of these games are at home to TCU and Oklahoma. They have to go minimum 1-1. One and one. Um, And you know what? I'm not going to say they have to go 2-0 and because you don't have to go 2-0. and but if you've got to start making up wins on the back end of the schedule because of games you couldn't close out on the front end, It's what we talk about with the Bengals it seems like every year, and the Reds for that matter every year. They start slow, and then you're trying to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And, so, and you don't know what, what, what injuries may occur. We, you know, we pray that nobody gets hurt. But this is a big game for UC tonight.
2: It's massive. And it sucks that we're, I think they're the hottest team in the Big 12 right now. So – Having them having them as our as our next opponent sucks. But I do agree with you, Tom. One and one is the minimum. I do think you can go two and oh. I think both these teams are beatable. I don't think Oklahoma yeah. I don't think Oklahoma is, is a true top ten team. A t- a true top twelve team. I do think TCU is. So this will be tough. I, I don't understand the spread fully. The spread I think is three yeah. and a half, four for for the Bearcats tonight. They're favorite. The the Bearcats are, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I will say we're gonna need Aziz back. We do need a little bit of change-up pace down low defensively. It's still difficult defensively trying to guard the Big 12 big men. It's not the American anymore. It's not the American. So, at this point, if you're able to have Aziz, you're able to put Jamil in there. I need Reynolds to be more confident offensively. He scored six points in the first two minutes, I think, or three, five minutes of that Baylor game and then just didn't really contribute offensively the rest of the time. He did miss a lot of free throws, which, again, sucks. You know what they shot the line against Baylor? Again, this is Wes Miller said free throws don't matter. Free throws weren't the reason they lose games. They shot 53% at the line again. Not good. So at some point, you have to do the basic things right. The turnovers were way down against Baylor, and the defense was incredible. We, we, we've, we've had issues uh, at various points defensively this season. They locked down one of the best teams in the nation. If you're able to continue that defensive efficiency tonight against TCU, you're going to win this game. You would also need Dan Skillings if there was ever a chance for Dan Skillings. I thought Dan Skillings coming coming into this season was going to be our guy. He was going to be the scorer on this team. He dropped 24 against Baylor. If he's able to re- replicate half of that, give me 12, and I still think we win this game. Seamoss Lukosius can't go 1 for 10 again. Yeah, uh, It can't happen. It's inexcusable. He, I, he's one of the more turnover-prone players in the, on the roster as well, unfortunately. So if he cleans it up, again, I, I do think UC can win this game, and they can make a run. Reed and I were talking about it before the show. What would it take for, for UC to get in? And I really do think eight wins. Eight, yeah. ten, eight, win, eight, eight wins in this conference gets you in the tournament. I agree. Assuming you don't uh, <clears throat> SHIT, the bed, uh, come the Big 12 tournament. But I do think I, I do think if you, it starts tonight, I think you can go 2-0 and here. And if you do, you would start 3-3. Three and three, assume, Again, I'm not going to assume a loss to Fog, in Fog Allen. But let's just say I'm prepared for the loss.
1: You know, a lot of people are talking about, and you've talked about this, we've talked about this, yeah. um, the, the recent struggles for Day-Day Thomas uh, and how well at times Gisel James has looked. Uh, now, my understanding with James is the reason he's not playing more is because he doesn't guard. And that he's having a hard time guarding the opposing point guards in a league loaded with really good point guards. Now, whether or not that's 100% accurate or not, I don't know. Um, but I think at least that's what I've heard as to one of the reasons he's not getting more and more playing time. Look, one thing they better make sure they do tonight, they better get back on defense. This is the number one fast-break team scoring points in the country. Number one. They average 25 points per game, fast-break points. The next closest team in the conference is around 17. So they don't have this monster big guy, they being TCU. They've got a bunch of guys anywhere from six three to six eight that run like gazelles, and they yep. get up and down the floor, and and that's and they've got a they've got a great coach, Jamie Dixon is a great basketball mm-hmm. coach. Better. I mean, he's not going to get mentioned up there with the monsters of the you know the Bill Selfs of the world because he's right. never been in a program where y- you're you can win a national championship. To be honest with you. But the resources are there at TCU for them to try and start building this thing up. And the last three years, he's taken them to the NCAA tournament. He's an alum, so he's vested. He's all in. Um, and so you can rest assured that TCU will come in ready to play. But I'm with you. This is a game UC should win this game at home. Elliot,
3: Elliot gets mad at me because I keep I, I ask, but but I mean it when I was like. Y- y- at what point do these close losses start piling up? Like, if, if they – this is a game that I think – I agree with you guys. They need to win. I don't want to hear if, if you lose on a last-second shot
2: that, you know, you competed once again, right? We're not going to do well, that. Well, let, let's be real. Before this season, if you would have told me the first six, game of the, six games of the schedule, we would, go, we would have a chance at 3-3, three and three, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you. These are, these are top 15 teams, all of them. And we beat one of them on the road. So, I, I would say as of right now, we're, we're overachieving beyond belief. And that's with a one and two record. If you right. win tonight, you're right back on track. I agree. You asked me, when do the moral victories stop counting? Uh, that's if we don't win games. We, we're one and two. We've, we've won. A, uh, we've beaten a top 12 team on the road. Okay. So, that's, that's what I would say. If we lose tonight, if we lose tonight in blowout fashion, then sure, we'll start having your conversation. What if they lose by like two points again? If we lose by two points, uh, I'll, I'll have to see the free throw percentage. But if it's 50% again, uh, I'll agree with you. But if it's not, whatever. Tom, you know what the Ken Palm rate rankings are?
1: No. I know what they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You I, take... I thought you meant do I know who's ranked where. Well, do no. you want
3: to take a guess at where Cincinnati is ranked?
1: Just take a shot in the dark? I would say um, 15th.
3: They are 33rd. 33rd okay. in the country. You want to guess where Xavier is?
1: Um, 34th.
3: Thirty seconds. So, according to Ken Palm, think that they're better. They think that they're better than than UC. Well, they beat them. That's true. That's
1: true. I mean, there's the difference in where you are in that deal.
3: Right. No doubt one about one
1: single it. game. No
3: doubt because about because the him.
1: overall body of work for the season, UC has had a better team this year than Xavier. We'll see. I mean, they play. They they they, they, they their schedule is almost not quite, almost as good. That will even itself out as this season goes on. Because the Big East, the Big, big East outside of UConn, there's not much there. Creighton's a good team. They're not getting out of the Sweet 16. Um, Marquette's, Marquette's, very, good. Marquette Marquette's been Marquette has been a lot of this. A lot of this. Marquette. Mm. A lot. Go look at their record. And their best player, Koldick, in a major slump. He now, played, I like well him yesterday. a lot. He yeah. played well yesterday against Nova. I understand. But, I mean, Nova stinks. They, they stink. They're a 500-team. I mean, all these schools have their patsies outside of the league. Every school. Except for, like, Michigan State and North Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas. They play everybody, anywhere, anytime. But most of these schools, Villanova is not any good. They're not. Providence, I mean, you watch them on any given night. Providence, playing in Seton Providence Hall, too- you know, uh, Patino's got them playing well at St. John's. But, I mean... DePaul, the, the, the Big East is not the Big 12. Not no, even it's, in not. The same it's not. It's, not, it's, it's not, not good. But it's to, not even but in say, the same stratosphere. But
3: to say that they've played similar schedules feels Well, they I said
1: not yet because okay. they played Purdue, they played Houston, but he's going to play Houston.
3: Xavier's strength
1: of schedule. UC's going to play Kansas.
3: Correct. Okay. No, it might, might so that's why year. I said
1: when all said and done, their schedule's UC is going to have a harder schedule when all said and done,
3: which is why I hold that I think that the Musketeers will finish higher in the net as opposed to the Bearcats. Because when we'll see what happens. To this point in the season, Xavier's strength of schedule is fourth in the country. That's right. They played the fourth toughest schedule in the country, and according to to Jimmy Dolan, UC's is right in the middle of the entire country at 106. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I mean, and that has almost exclusively to do with what has happened out of conference. So we give it up to Xavier this year. They played Purdue. They played um, Houston. They played—who's the other w- big played, one? I'm forgetting.
3: They played St. Mary's. They beat St. Mary's, which is normally a pretty good team. Uh, but there's somebody else they played. Oh, they, they played, oh, the they played t- UConn. They, they played, played Yeah, they play UConn. UConn. yeah. They play so I mean, They played
1: three of the top five teams in, in the country. UConn's the number one team in the country. Yeah, right yeah. When they played them, they were fourth. Yep, Yeah. right. But, so, but, but now, UC is in a stretch where they're going to go minimum six consecutive games. Against teams ranked in the top twenty-five, six straight. Hmm. Xavier ain't in one of those stretches. They're playing Butler tonight. Butler's Butler's better. I I know. With Chad I, I acknowledged Butler is better, but they're not TCU. They're not Texas. Neither is Providence. That's they're fair. not. They're That's not. fair.
3: Listen, the, the Big East is not as good as the Big Twelve. I think that I don't think we're breaking any new ground when we say that. But the Big East is still. I would argue. I. Might call me crazy. I think it's the second best conference in uh, in college basketball at this period. Oh, moment. no doubt about it. I think well, it's I think it's better than the Big Ten. SEC. I think it's better than the SEC. I think it's better than both those, and I don't think in in, in the ACC for that matter. I think it's the second best conference in college basketball at this very moment. But yes, Big 12 is the best. And you know what? I'm excited. Tom, you going to the TCU game tonight?
1: You know what? I'm waiting to find out. We have a good friend of ours who's been battling uh, cancer, and we're hoping that we would be able to have dinner with him tonight. We were planning on going uh, to the game because our daughter is still a student there. Um, But um, we'll see. I don't know. We were planning on it, and now we're not so sure. Mm. That would be fun to go to. All right, meanwhile, there's Xavier who we yep. mentioned was without a doubt their best half of basketball yeah. this year. I mean, they scored, they defended, they shot the three, they didn't turn the ball over, right? They rebounded. right? Um, Green had a good game. Uh, they had a lot of guys contribute. So, you know, again, they have two games coming up this week against lesser opponents. Butler is better under Thad Motta, the old Xavier head coach, um, Chad Motta. And you have so you got them coming to town, and then you got Georgetown coming to town. Now, if there's ever a team that wants to right the ship, and you you really need to win both of these games, that's this week for the Musketeers. Yeah, I mean Georgetown.
3: I mean with their new coach, they're they're yeah. better, they're better than they were. But they're, they're, they're still got miles to, to come. Uh, Butler is actually surprising. I, I, I thought when they hired Thad Mata that that was a bad hire in, in here, and I believe in year two of Thad Mata. He's already, he's already turned this team into a pretty formidable formidable bunch. I'll be in the arena tonight. Um, I went last week against UConn. I mean, you, you look at Xavier, and, I, and, yes, they lost to Oakland at home. Yes, they lost to Delaware at home. Those will haunt Xavier for the rest of the year. But outside of a, a pretty poor performance – in Carneseca Arena against uh, Rick Pitino's um, St. John's. This is a team that's that's played pretty good basketball recently. I mean, they blew out Seton Hall, who was just coming off a win against UConn. They blew out Providence, who had been playing good basketball. They take UConn down and, you know, had a lead in the second half and, and had it a three-point game in the final 10 seconds. They had not one but two game-winning attempts against Villanova. And I know I make fun of Elliott all the time for the moral victory, so I'm not going to hang a hat on losses, but this is a Xavier team that's sitting at 500 is, 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 is certainly the best 500 team in the country. Certainly the best 500 team in the country. And like, I, I keep pointing back to what uh, Sean Miller said at media day for the big East media day. This is a team that is going to be a much different team in February and January yep. than they are in November and December. And I think we're already seeing that. Now I think that with just the youth and the inexperience, there's a lot of inconsistency. That's just that's just the nature of of not only um, young teams but really every college basketball team. They're just inconsistent, and they, they've got some really nice pieces: Quincy Oliveri, Trey Green. Yep, they, these are guys that that are gonna be a focal point of Xavier not just this year but for years to come. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Tom. These are two wins that if, if you take care of Butler, you take care of Georgetown at home, you're then on a three-game win streak, and you go to Omaha, Nebraska against a top-25 team, a top-20 team in Creighton, playing your best basketball of the year. These are two games they absolutely have to win.
1: Just checking something here in the Big East. You've got... You know, we, we we talked about UConn, and, and they're clearly the best team in the Big East. There is no doubt about that.
3: There's three ranked teams. Marquette and Creighton are both in the top 20. Marquette's 17, Creighton's 18.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. St. John's and Villanova are probably in the tier behind those three teams. Um, and, and I think St. John's is surprising a lot of people with how they're playing. Well, I'm not surprised. I think Seton Hall's a very good team. Seton Hall has been playing some good basketball. Don't be surprised if Seton Hall sneaks into – Sneaks into the, the rankings at some point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Big East, if, if you look at some, some metrics, have them as the second-best conference in college basketball at this very moment. So, Xavier's, Xavier's played a really tough schedule. They yes, played, they have. They played the number one team in the country in UConn, played the number two team in the country in Purdue. They played the number five team in the country in Houston. And they're going to play UConn again on the road.
1: Seton Hall has been blasted this year by USC – Who's a 500 team. Brody James. They've been killed by Iowa. They they got destroyed by Baylor on the road. They uh, they beat Monmouth by nine. Yep. Uh, now, they did beat UConn when UConn was number one.
3: Right. They're 5-1 and one in the conference.
1: And they have beaten Marquette.
3: They're 5-1 and one in the conference. The only yes. loss they have is to Xavier, a 20-point loss um, at Centos Arena. So – yeah, I mean, they're 5-1 they're and one is, as we've established in one of the best college
2: basketball yes. conferences in the country. Big okay. 12 has eight ranked teams in the top 25.
1: Well, I mean, it's like you look at the t- – it's why, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't start getting wrapped up in a lot of these different kinds of rankings. Not only the top 25 rankings, but the Ken Palm stuff and all that other thing until you get you, – you really get into the year a little bit more. It's like, you know, what, you said eight of them, right? Texas Tech now cracks the top 25, right? Yep. Okay. I mean, they're ranked 25th, and we brought up earlier. That's not necessarily a team that anybody wants to play. Iowa State beat Houston. That's not a team that anybody wants to play. I guess you could make that same argument for, like you were just saying, Seton Hall. They beat UConn, so nobody wants to play. Them. They've only lost one game in the conference. So... Um, you know, there's some great basketball, but we got a long year. Now,
3: they've got a great coach, too, is that kid, is the guy that was at St. Peter's.
4: The, yes, that upset. Yeah, it's a
1: big run Kentucky. last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, Nick Kirby has a show on after us today.
4: Yep. So after this, there is going to be a Reds interview at 11.45 a.m. So right after this,
1: is that a David Bell interview? I thought I read. Did
4: uh, Nick say that? He's
1: in the chat yeah. today. Nick, is yeah. that a David Bell it's interview? David Bell,
2: yep
4: david bell so uh stay after the show we've got more content coming your way
1: yeah like i said we're wrapping this thing up here in a minute or two because uh i got to get off to an appointment and uh and we'll go right to yeah david bell is the uh interview so can uh, I yeah. can I ask
4: one question just about Xavier really quickly? Sling it. I, I'm not uh, following Xavier as much as I probably should be. I've been following more of the uh, Bearcats because we have our own Bearcat show, and it's just easier to follow that way. You're Regardless, coming, you're
3: coming to the best source for Xavier knowledge I, right here.
4: You so basically these next two two games, Butler and Georgetown, you are must win. But is it safe to say that they probably should even probably beat Creighton in that stretch as well? They should probably try to get more than eight wins the rest of the way because they have 15 games left in the season. If
3: they want to get into the tournament, which seems like a, a far ways away.
4: Yes, it does.
3: Based off of how their the early season went. The only way that you can counteract the losses to Delaware, the losses to Oakland, is by beating really good teams, right. and luckily playing in the Big East, you go next week. They go on the road to Creighton and UConn. So yeah, if they want to get in the tournament at some point, they've gotta they gotta win those. I, I I wouldn't throw them into the category of must wins.
4: And Cre- Creighton last year for Xavier what, it was split, I believe. Yes, they we split? beat them
3: at home. They beat us on the they they beat us at their house. I was driving to uh, my family makes a very funny joke about this. I was driving, we were going out to the AFC championship game out at Kansas City when we played uh Creighton and we got bludgeoned and I'm losing my mind driving and my family who doesn't like that I gamble. Um I had money on Xavier and they're just like, Reed, what is going on? Why are you losing your mind? And I'm like, ah I I just we we should we win in this game. He's like, my dad looks at me, he's like, How much money you got on this? And I lied. I looked him in the eye I was like only like fifty bucks. (laughs) And he goes, You're losing your mind over 50 bucks. So now every time that we go to a Xavier game or do anything, or he knows I bet on a game, he's like, What, 50 bucks again? Betting 50 bucks? Because I, I had, a, I had a lot, much more money than $50 as I was driving on my way out to Kansas City and losing my mind as we lost by 20.
2: So brutal.
1: All the boys getting all fired up in here. Your guy, Mouse Cop, always looking to stir it up. You know, Everett. About our, 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 bobca- our, our uh, bear cat bias on the show. Dude, deal with it. That's the world we live in here in Cincinnati. They have 10 times the number of alumnus in this town and 12 times the following. That doesn't diminish anything that the Musketeers have accomplished. No. They've had one of the most remarkable runs of all college basketball programs in the United States of America. It's been unbelievable what they've done and they should stick their chest out proudly. They've owned the Bearcats, but as far as coverage, airtime, et cetera, et cetera, come on, come on, come on. You know, it,
3: I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree. That's fair.
1: And it's not, and it's not beating and you can have it both ways. It's not beating Xavier down. I've said, I've said it a thousand times. They've done a better job hiring head coaches than any school or professional franchise I have ever seen in my life. It was one after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. Give them all the credit in the world. And we wish them well tonight. The Bengals. Walls. Sean Miller. We're going to get him on one of these days. To, to, to wrap a
3: point on that, the Bengals will always get more airtime than FC Cincinnati. That's exactly right. Exactly no. right. What, what a no, no, exactly. What Thank a, I'm a very much. I'm a Muskie's guy, but yeah, the Bengals are going to get more coverage than FC And Cincinnati.
1: right now, the Bengals are going to get more airtime than the Reds. Right now. Right. Now, the Reds have a chance to change that. They started to make us want to change it last year before they collapsed in, in August and September. The Bengals will probably always get more airtime than the Reds as long as they're both competing.
3: right? right? Like is it, it was would... football's king. Correct. That's the NFL's right.
1: king. That's right. And Ohio State's gonna get more play than any other. Not in this town. <laughs> no not in this town. <laughs> All right everybody uh, have a great rest of your day. Lindsay have a great rest of your day. People are wondering, are we feeding you like um, you know anything over there to hang out here? Uh, I'm a little worried about you. They're very worried about you in the chat. Are you okay? No,
2: yeah. You guys give me water and at least one bathroom break. I'm set for the
1: day. Boy, <laughs> does it get any better than that? That's all you need. It's, Three it's hots Saturday. and a cop. That's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> right. All right. Uh, gentlemen, have a good rest of your day. Nick Kirby's interview with David Bell is coming up right now. And don't forget, tonight, what do they start? About five minutes left in the game, uh, uh, Chatterbox Bearcats? Yes,
2: that'll start in the second half. Usually, yeah. Right. Under four. Under four.
1: About under four to go. Are you doing it tonight?
2: No, it'll be it'll be the regular hosts.
1: OK. All right. So uh, that'll be tonight right here uh, on the on YouTube, our Chatterbox Sports page. So we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Marty Brenneman will join the program and we will have James Rapine on tomorrow to talk about some of the offseason questions for the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being with us.